It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, three games in four nights for the Toronto Raptors from Thursday through Sunday. One win, a whole lot of confusion, and a lot of precious Achua looking like a solution. We'll get into all of that, the good, bad, and the hmm from the weekend, and so much more on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopi. Get that garbage out of here. Uh-huh. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1325 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, January the 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto, to- Toronto Raptors now. God, I've been covering them for nine seasons, but I can't say their name, apparently. It has been, of course, nine seasons that I've been covering the Raptors. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. And, of course, you can go over to YouTube and hit the big red subscribe button. Support the show that way. It's so, so much appreciated when you do that. It's free to do. And right now, you can win free stuff by going to the YouTube channel to support it. Just all you got to do is send an email to LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. In that email, just include a screenshot that shows that you're subscribed to the Locked On Raptors YouTube channel and a little note on your favorite deep cut Raptor of all time. You do that, you'll be entered into the draw to win a pair of tickets to the February 7th live podcast extravaganza Good Times Hangout at the Rivoli on Queen Street West with the Raptors Republic folks and yours truly among some other very special guests. It's going to be a great night. You're going to want to be there. You can go for free by just sending that email to LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. Again, a screenshot showing you're subscribed and a little note on your favorite deep cut Raptor of all time. I'll be polling the winners on tomorrow's show. So please go and do that. All 
Right. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. All right. On today's show, I am back from a weekend in Northern Ontario, taking in the winter sights, uh, over which time the Raptors played three games. Of course, no podcast Friday to break down that heartbreaker against the Wolves, but we'll weave that into today's conversation. We're going to kind of just take a look at all three games as a whole, pull some big takeaways, some things I liked and didn't like, and got a little intrigued by, of course, in the good, the bad, and the hmm. And I want to talk about Precious Achua, who to me is one of the bigger developments of this last week or so. And I'm not surprised by it necessarily, but it's nice to see the precious thing happening kind of before our eyes. We'll get to that in the next segment. But off the top, just sort of big key takeaways from the weekend. And really, my big takeaway is that I still find this team to be truly maddening and impossible to quit. They drive me absolutely nuts. And they're 21 and 27. This season is probably not going anywhere. They're losing touch even for the 10th spot in the play-in, yet still they're capable of looking like a very good basketball team. And it's undeniable, it's inarguable that the some of the parts is obviously lesser than the quality of the actual parts because this is a very talented team. There's lots of talent up and down the roster, especially at the top. Of course, it's a bit of a top-heavy group, but you saw over the weekend, Fred Van Vliet having him, him like just an incredible week of basketball for him, having himself his best week of the season. We'll get to him a little bit later on in the bad as well. Not in maybe the way you think it might be. We'll, we'll get to that. You know, you see Scotty Barnes having himself an incredible fourth quarter in the game against the Knicks, where you see just how little you need, just like a little bit of production from in-between lineups that don't feature one of Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet. And you got it in that Knicks game in large part because Scotty Barnes drove the bus with that lineup of Gary Trent Jr., Juancho Hernan Gomez, Precious Achua, and Chris Boucher out there down the stretch. That lineup won the Raptors that game against the Knicks and made it pretty obvious, like, oh, you get really reasonable production from these in-between transition lineups and the Raptors tend to have enough juice to be competitive against just about anybody three and one against the Knicks this season they're two and oh against the Cavs like there's lots of reason to feel like there is something working with this team I guess they're three and oh against the Cavs wild um like you have the Celtics obviously the Celtics without Jason Tatum so it's not even really uh all that much of a barometer but the Raptors were down Fred Van Vliet and eventually OG Ananobi you have just the maddening sequence of events late in the game where Gary Trent Jr. misses the easy layup. He gets the steal back. You draw up just a nonsense play for Pascal in the deep backcourt with 3.8 seconds left and essentially funnel him into three Celtics defenders and get it turned over, as you might expect. So the maddening goes both ways. The good is really good. The bad is totally befuddling. And I think the last three games are kind of a perfect encapsulation of the 2022-23 Toronto Raptors experience. Look, I, I still don't know where the team is going to go from here, right? There's so many arguments for and against trading all of the various players on the team. You know, the, the argument for standing pat looks at what you've seen from Precious Achua, looks at Scotty Barnes and sort of the ascension that he's making right now, the comfort he's playing with, the aggression he's playing with. And you think, hey, like this supporting cast around an ascendant Scotty Barnes with the help of Precious Achua becoming the defensive ace that we kind of all thought he might be, in addition to showing a lot of juice on the offensive end, 
like maybe this is a lost season. Maybe this is it's not going to go anywhere, but maybe just making trades for the sake of making trades is not exactly how you maximize next year, which really should be what this is all about. You know, the other side is, you know, the starting lineup has shown itself to be not very good. They're they're now a, a minus 0.9 net rating on the season after some struggles over the weekend. Um, you know, you see them just kind of blow away that game in the fourth quarter against the Wolves, completely losing the plot offensively, go like four minutes without scoring a bucket in crunch time. It's pretty, pretty inexcusable. And you look at that starting group and say, well, like, clearly this this group ain't it. There's not enough juice here. There's not enough top end talent. The pieces don't fit well enough. You have to trade parts off from there. You know, I'll, we'll get later into why I'm continuing to sort of understand and maybe even agree with the idea of potentially trading OG Ananobi. Um, that's a, that would be a big game changing shifting of the franchise type of move, honestly. And that's totally something that could happen between now and February the 9th. It just... It's all so befuddling. It's also, um, you know, there's no real sense to this team at all. And maybe that's just like a boring thing to say about this team. But I don't know how you can watch the last three games and not at least think there's something there. Like there's something worth keeping around here. Something worth buying into if you're the front office, if you're the fan base. You know, the 21 and 27 is what it is. They're, They're very clearly just not a good team. They have not played well this season. But the talent, the parts, there's still you know the, the total possibility that they could turn this thing around in a year's time and make the leap that we all thought was going to happen this year on a one-year delay if they can kind of you know tinker on the margins if you can get some bench production like we saw again against the Knicks you get a little tiny teensy bit of bench production and lineups that don't have to count all the time on Siakam and Van Vliet playing 40,000 minutes a game then there's actually something here it's just they are if they didn't look so good when they look good, it would be a lot easier to just look at the bad and say, well, this is garbage, start fresh, get rid of everything, go nuclear, tear it down to the studs, but they do look really good when they look good in a way that typical bad teams I don't think really have that ceiling. You're not seeing the Wizards out there putting together 12, 18-minute stretches of excellent, excellent basketball. They're the Wizards. They're not good. The Raptors are more talented than that. They've not played up to their talent, and maybe that alone is reason enough to shake things up. Of course, there's the whole chemistry side of things, too, and how do these players fit together? How do the pieces all fit? We'll get into the starting lineup from the Knicks game, minus OG Ananobi, and why I think maybe there's something to grow on there in terms of just the lineup combination. And it's just because like the the court geometry makes more sense. That matters in basketball. Having guys who fit together, who complement one, one another, is very important. The Raptors might not have that right now. I don't think we got any closer to getting any answers over this past weekend. I, I think, again, it's become more clear that this is not a team that's going to go by or anything like that. The notion that, you know, the, the latest r- r- rumor report, whatever you want to call it, um, I guess we can get to it here, um, you know, from a, a Spurs site, SpursTalk.com. Look, I'm not trying to denigrate anybody's journalism. I'm sure people have their sources and they report what their sources tell them. It's just maybe some people's sources are better than others. Uh, But the latest report from SpursTalk.com today uh, suggesting that Gary Trent Jr. has been floated as a potential return for Jakob Pertl. And, you know, obviously the cost of Jakob Pertl has been widely reported to be at least two first round picks. The Spurs not budging on that. So maybe Gary takes the place of one of those picks and it's still another first round pick going out for Yakupertal. That's not the type of move the Raptors should be making right now. I could go on a whole other thing. I will go on a whole other thing, actually, why I think that's a bad idea. I mean, 
both guys pending free agents, both guys due to earn starter money on their next contracts. I would much rather pay Gary Trent Jr.'s next contract than Jakob Pertl's. Um, that's I don't even think that's debatable, especially when you consider the context of this team where the guy we're going to talk about next, Precious Achua, looking like a real one. Um, the lack of shooting on this team, a very real problem that we have all diagnosed and seen, and Gary Trent Jr. is one of the solutions there. You go and add stuff to Gary Trent Jr. to get Jakob Pertl back. You're in the position to have to pay Jakob Pertl in a couple of months. That's not the kind of guy I think the Raptors should be throwing their their resources at center to, considering Jakob Pertl, as much as I love him and is one of my all-time favorite Raptors, uh, can't shoot free throws, isn't a shooter, isn't going to help the spacing at all, is going to be a clunky fit alongside a, a, a team that is full of clunky fits already and will take away minutes from Precious Achua, who kicks ass. Like, it's, you know, the, the, this. I think the sort of strangeness and the wide range of reports about what the Raptors might do and what they're looking at, I think that also suggests the lack of any understanding around the league of what the Raptors are going to do or what they should do, because there are so many conflicting occurrences this season that might push you in one direction or another. I can certainly tell you, though, I would rather pay Gary Trent Jr.'s next contract than Jakob Pertl's, and we'll leave that rumor as it might be you know real or whatever uh as it is for now but you know again weird weekend man <laughs> and i think if you you know go into the last week of games where they go two and three against uh you know the knicks the bucks the the wolves the celtics and then the knicks again you know two and three is fine it's just like the nature of their losses the bucks game i thought was just totally inexcusable with the absences they had, with the way they just could not defend whatsoever or put together any reasonable offensive possessions late in that game, blowing a fourth-quarter lead to the Wolves without Rudy Gobert and Carl Towns, like, pretty inexcusable as well to have that offensive drought. You know, a pretty, I thought, nice effort against the Celtics that falls short because the Celtics are very good even without Jason Tatum. That's a deep, really good team. No shame in that loss, I don't think, as much as it's disappointing to blow yet another fourth-quarter lead. And then just like a really workmanlike, excellent win against the Knicks where it looked like it might teeter off the rails in the third quarter, and they bounce back and completely shut it down in the fourth. Like, if you came into this week with any sort of preconceived notions about the team, I don't know that anything has been, you know, reinforced. I don't know if anyone's, you know, notions have been proven correct or incorrect. It's just a weird-ass basketball team that continues to befuddle it's probably too late for anything but change to be on the horizon. Honestly, the 21 and 27, I expect there are going to be moves at this point, but I have no idea what the right ones are at this point. Like it's just, it's a, uh, I have my, my, my sort of inklings. We'll get to those as the show goes on, as the week goes on, as the, you know, the pre deadline season goes on here, but it's, um, I, t I continue to just watch this team. I've never been more maddened by a basketball team in my entire life. I've been watching a lot of, I've watched a lot of the Raptors in my life. I've watched 25 seasons minus a couple in between where my fandom fell out in the post Bosch exit era. But um, it's just, this is the most hard to pin down, confusing, hot mess of a team that I've ever seen. And I, Part of like the sicko in me who loves pain and toil and despair is actually kind of enjoying it, which is maybe the worst and most concerning part. Uh, not concerning is the play of Precious Achua. We're going to get to that and explain why he's really talking himself into being a very clear solution for a lot of the Raptors' problems here. We're going to get to that in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who are making daily fantasy sports fun, easy, accessible for all. 
I don't like season-long fantasy sports. I've completely retired from season-long fantasy sports. It's because I don't have the attention span. I don't care that much about players on football teams. I don't watch to go draft a fantasy football team. But with prize picks, you are in control. You get to pick the players you want to root for on a given night. And it is awesome. You can do cross-sport entries if you have hockey and basketball on the brain, for example. It's as simple as picking between two and six players on any entry and saying whether they're going to get more or less than the projection they have for whatever stat it is you're 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 focusing in on so it could be uh Connor McDavid assists if you're an NHL fan it could be Pascal Siakam points you can go more or less there if you get all six of your entries correct you can win 25 times your money that is an incredible incredible payout and you can do again any sport under the sun women's men's college pro overseas North American it's all there go check them out Entries are super easy to make, uh, 60 seconds or less you can do it in, and also safe and fast withdrawals for your money, currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download, download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's so great. You just put in 100 bucks of your own money and boom, 100 bucks of Prize Picks money appears to match it in your account. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to 100 dollars. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's continue on here. Your first listen of the day, breaking down a wild, entertaining, you kind of give the Raptors that, confusing as hell as they may be, uh, really entertaining to watch a lot of these games of late. Um, a lot of torment, all of that, but some some good little bits mixed in as well. And I think the goodest bit, if we're going to make up words here, uh, of late for me, you know, obviously Scotty Barnes is an easy one. Lots of really promising signs from him. All the stuff that got us so excited about Scotty Barnes last season, very much coming into the picture this year as well. I'm finding the same thing, though, is kind of the case right now with Precious Achua, who has been really fun to watch. Always is fun to watch in sort of a, you know, the, the way roller coasters are fun type of way. But I, I think it's kind of coming together for him in a little bit more of a refined way this, this last week or so. You know, he's still kind of digging himself out of the hole in terms of like on-off numbers from the start of the season. But since coming back, you know, he, he's had a positive impact over the last week. No player on the Raptors has driven positive play other than Scotty Barnes as well as Preston Achua. The last five games over the course of the last week, 12 points, 8 boards. Uh, an assist, a block, a steal, 
on 46, 47% from the field, 44% from deep on 1.8% 1.8 attempts per game, which is not a ton of attempts, but 44% encouraging to see that stroke coming back a little bit here. Of course, that was the thing that unlocked pressures this season last year is, oh, this guy can also hit catch and shoot threes at a pretty high rate and drive off the catch and sort of make use of his added threat from deep to, you know, kind of keep defenses on their toes with that. He's also getting to the line, 4.4 free throw attempts per game over the last five games. That's really encouraging. He's shooting 68% as well for a guy who has never really been much of a free throw shooter, either in volume or accuracy. Pretty encouraging signs. 8 of 10 in the game against the Knicks yesterday. And he really does have a shot, I think, at just being full stop the best defensive player on the Toronto Raptors, even if they keep OG Ananobi. Uh, (laughs) I wasn't doing a trick there. Like, he's that good. And look, OG, I think right now, is the better defender on on sort of the, the whole sort of picture of defense. But I think Precious might be good at more things than OG is. And in particular, the rim defense has me really, really encouraged. So I'm just going to run through some numbers for you. Uh, this is perNBA.com, They're the defensive dashboard, the defensive field goal percentage allowed inside six feet. It's not perfect. There's noise, all of this. But just as a comparison, let, let's just run through some guys and their defensive field goal percentage. Jakob Pertl, the dude everybody wants. Jakob Pertl, uh, 60.1%. Not especially great. Kind of league average-ish um, for a guy who's usually been much better in that metric. I'm sure the Spurs defense is having a role in, you know, just being too difficult for Pertl to swat everything away at the rim down in San Antonio. But 60.1%. Rudy Gobert. The king of rim protection, the guy who owns this stat, 56.9% defensive field goal percentage this season. Uh, Nick Claxton, one of the best defensive players in the league this year, 51%. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., 49.2%. He's incredible. He's a monster. Walker Kessler, everyone's favorite rookie, 51.9%. Chris Dapps Porzingis having a great rim protection season, 51.6%. Draymond Green, 50.5. Bismack Biombo in a smaller sample, 48.9%. Jarrett Allen, the, the rim protector extraordinaire. Everyone loves Jarrett Allen, 57.4%. Precious Achua's at rim defense, inside six feet, he's allowing 51.1% on opposing shot attempts inside six feet. That puts him fifth among all players averaging four or more field goals defended inside six feet per game this season. The only guys ahead of him are Bismack Biombo, Jaron Jackson Jr., Draymond Green, Giannis Attentacumpo. That's crazy. That is the presumptive defensive player of the year this year in Triple J. Triple J. You've got Giannis, a, a former defensive player of the year, multiple times, I believe. And of course, Draymond, maybe the best defensive player we've seen in the last 20 years, Precious Achua and Bismack Biombo are in there in that top five. That is really encouraging. Now, it's just four field goals attempted, or four, sorry, four field goals defended per game for Precious inside six feet right now. Of course, wasn't playing a ton early on in the season and missed all the time, of course. And, you know, it's still, uh, he's working himself into the rotation now, but that goes in line with him being a good rim protector last year. You throw in the switch defense for him. He can guard anybody on the floor. He can switch onto a point guard. He can switch onto a center. You know, you saw in that game against the Celtics, just like picking the pocket like a baby of like for the, picking Jalen's Brown, Jalen Brown's pocket as though he were a baby. Sorry, hard to articulate. Um, you know, try to post him up. Like Precious is the real deal defensively. 
And this season has kind of, you know, I've stated the goal. I didn't, the Raptors didn't state this, but this was kind of my stated goal for the year. At least one of them was go into this season and just get an idea of who your guys are for this next era. Presumably the Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam era, whatever that's going to look like, figure out the guys who go around them, figure out the guys who fit right. Plenty of questions about Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi on down the line. There are no questions to me about Precious Achua. Uh, he's going to be really good. He already is a really good defensive player. The offense, of course, is a work in progress, but there are plenty of flashes, and we're going to get into a thing in the good, the bad, and the hmm, that is one of those flashes that gets me just really, really excited every time it happens on the floor. You're seeing it just kind of like the the erratic, total sort of off-the-rails chaos possessions are slowly weaning out of his game a little bit. Precious rocks, and I think this last week was pretty informative of that you know and i think illustrative of that hey like this guy is a part of the future and another reason why you know you know if you're looking for arguments to kind of slow slow down on making any big grand sweeping decisions is we haven't really seen what this team looks like with a fully weaponized Preston Achua playing center for them and what the lineups might look like if you were to say swap Gary Trent Jr to the bench and have Precious start you know there's not a lot of lineup data on these groups I think it's worth trying to get that data because as I've said since last season, Precious Achua to me, if you are trying to unlock Vision 6'9 as a viable way of playing basketball, Precious is the key to that because he can actually do center things. He can defend the rim on the level of a Giannis or a Jaron Jackson or a or Draymond Green. He can, uh, you know, obviously switch out and, and do your sort of, you know, scramble and cover all the ground thing as well defensively. And if he can attack off of closeouts, if he can hit the odd three, that makes him a perfect vision six foot nine player who also unlocks the more traditional skills that you haven't really had in your lineups over the last couple seasons. That, that to me is something worth thinking about if you're going and looking at this roster and trying to make big grand sweeping decisions and blow it all up or move on from important players and, and core pieces how they sort of work with Precious as the the fulcrum of the defense, maybe that changes how you feel. Maybe you feel a little less worried about Gary Trent Jr. or Fred Van Vliet's point of attack defense long term if you know Precious Achua is back there to clean up the messes. We just don't have enough sample of Precious Achua as this player. We have the the back part of last year and like the last couple weeks here. That's all we have. And I think in certain terms of just like gathering more information, that's one argument for just holding off on any big moves right now. It could all work. Precious, again, could be the one who unlocks all of this, and he's starting to show exactly why that is. To me, clearly the positive takeaway from the weekend. He was, uh, he was awesome and continues to be one of the most fun players to watch. He dunks. He screws up a lot. When he succeeds, it's usually very, very emphatic. Awesome player. Love Precious, and uh, I'm very intrigued. We're going to continue on. Get to the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out today's show. Uh, some good stuff, some bad stuff, some stuff that's got me interested from the weekend that was. Before we do that, however, I have to tell you about our brand new sports betting sponsor, FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel, and you're, if you're new to FanDuel, that is, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get one get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. That's 
to me, when I'm going and, and, and going and looking at sports betting, I like to do it when I go to a game. Enhances the live experience, all that good stuff. What a perfect way. Get a little same game parlay going with a game you're attending in person. That, to me, is a great way to get yourself acquainted with FanDuel, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, basketball fans, whomever, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and of Locked On. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's continue on here, round at the show with the good, the bad, and the hmm from the weekend that was. Again, I'm looping in the Wolves game because I was uh, off the grid when that game went down. Keeping up with very spotty internet, was able to catch up and watch the games this morning. Um, the good for me, back to Precious Achua. There's nothing more ex- exciting to me right now on the Raptors than when Precious Achua gets a rebound and decides to go coast to coast. Um, it's like this graceful gallop where he's headed towards the rim and every foot he gets closer to the rim, the more the potential for something incredible or hilarious kind of increases. Um, It's like this gallop that makes way into just this ferocious chaos where uh, he's either going to yam it on your ass, he's going to kick it out of bounds, he's going to make a weirdly timed jump that's going to seemingly break the play up, but then he'll salvage it. Against the Knicks, he was getting fouled all the time doing that as well. The Seas just kind of seemed to part for Precious. I don't know if it's just because he's more athletic and faster than everybody else when he's in the open court. I kind of have the hunch that might be why it is. But those full court Precious gallops are uh, really, really thrilling to watch. And as he gets more refined, I think they're only going to get more uh, sort of effective as well and become a play that you're pretty excited about as a Raptors fan when you see it percolating underneath the Raptors basket as it's landed in Precious Achua's grasp. Uh, Really, really cool. Send him full court. Just have the whole offense be Precious Achua running full court. Won't complain about that. That would be pretty cool to me. It's nice to enjoy the good things about the basketball team that's making us all very angry right now, Uh, and Precious certainly is one of those. The bad. For me, it's like maybe the idea of trading Fred Van Vliet is in fact bad. Uh, (laughs) Like... I don't know. Tough weekend for the Fred is bad. Send him off to to pasture uh, crowd. I think um, you know. Obviously, there are you know moments where it, it's frustrating. It's not perfect all the time. But Fred Van Vliet's not a perfect player, and to expect every player to be perfect, I think, is a really quick way to make yourself disappointed as a basketball fan. But I do think it's starting to maybe look like the first half of this season for Fred was not, in fact, the beginning of the end, his first step into the grave, but rather. A slump, and nothing more than that. 
The three-point shot is coming back. The last uh, whatever number of games, I think 11 or 12, since January 1st, 48, oh, sorry, 38% from three since January 1st, 48% over the last week. He was bombing away, of course. Um, you know, the defense remains a little bit of a question to me. And, you know, one of the indicators that still could suggest that there's a decline coming with for him is that on-ball defense, the fact that he gets blown by a lot these days. But, you know, again, in this sort of search of perfection on a roster, I think you kind of maybe get yourself into a bit of trouble because maybe Fred Van Vliet's like the 12th or 13th best version of his type of player in the league, the sort of point guard off guard sort of combo, whatever you want to call it. Maybe he's just that level of player. Maybe he's not, uh, you know, looking at all NBAs or even all stars anymore. Maybe he's just a pretty good player at his position. There should be room for that to have it on your team. Not everyone is going to have perfect point guards and, and in particular point guard defense. Like plenty of teams get by with less than elite point guard defense. And for that to be the thing that hangs you up on Fred, I don't know if that's the right call. He's a really good player. Whatever his next deal is, maybe there's risk to it. There certainly is risk to it. He could just decline and have it be a bad deal by the time it's over. That said, by the time that decline happens, the uh, you know the, the, the cap increase will be coming in, so it'll be a less damaging deal to have on your books. All the, the deals that are going to be signed this summer are going to look bad and then probably be totally fine in a couple of years. That's kind of my guess here. Either way... You can go ahead and you know say, well, you, Fred's not good enough. You can't have that level of player on a championship team or whatever. Plenty of teams have the 12th or 13th best version of a player on their team and are still very, very competitive and very good. I think that might be the case here with Fred. Maybe he is worth hanging on to here and worth paying his next deal to. We know he fits perfectly with Pascal Siakam, that one-two action with those two guys. Uh, really, really hard to stop. Remains one of the best two-man plays in all of basketball. I like the potential chemistry with Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet, especially with Scotty as a role man. You know, obviously that still needs to be massaged a little bit here and there, but if you're going to run Scotty as a role man or run him as like an elbow hub, having Fred run around and scurry off of him as a screener and a, and a handoff guy, that feels like a player you should want to have around Scotty Barnes, considering his passing skill set, considering what he does, considering the attention he is sure to draw as a lead ball handler going forward. Fred feels like a pretty, really, not just pretty, an excellent fit when he's at his best. And look, the offense, we'll have to see, right? It's a week. You know, you can go 48% in one week all you want. But if it's there, if the three-point shot is back and he's up to north of 34, nearly 35% on the season now, as positive regression comes for everybody, it's like time, it seems. Um, you know, if the offense is there, I think maybe you can make your peace with a bit of a slight defensive decline, especially when you consider what a great off-ball defender he is. He's still got those iron fists, can knock balls free, all of that. I'm starting to wonder if maybe trading Fred would be a bad idea. So that is my bad of the week. It's a bit of a, a riff. There are plenty of bad things we could go into. I kind of hit on them. The, the late game, you know, the, the, the drought against the Wolves, the late game play call design for, for Siakam, the Miss Gary Trent layup, all of that. Um, you know, all bad, but to me, one of the takeaways from this past week is could be a pretty terrible idea to just create an enormous skill chasm in your roster by trading away your best ball handling guard and you, one of your best shooters, if not your best shooter, uh, seems maybe counterproductive if you're trying to maximize next season, which again, I think you should be thinking about next season, trying to optimize it. This isn't some multi-year rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it. This should be a reload for next year and make good on Pascal Siakam's prime and Scotty Barnes' ascendance. That's as simple as that. 
let's go to the hmm. To me, it's look, this isn't me suggesting that this is anything to, you know, make decisions about, but I do think it's interesting that the the timing of this OG injury, which sucks, of course, that's one of the bads too, right? Totally a bad thing to have OG out of the lineup. He's been incredible. He's been durable this season. He's dodged the injury bug, and that's been really great to see for him, a guy who really his only hangup was he got hurt all the time. That wasn't hasn't been the case so far this year. The ankle, hopefully it's not too long an absence for him, and he can be back on the trip here coming up that begins on Wednesday in Sacramento. But I do think it's interesting and hmm-worthy to get a look at a lineup of Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Precious Achua. As I've kind of said, we talked about this on Thursday's show, and I think I'm coming around more to this school of thought. Maybe it's not exactly what I'm calling for, but I might be. I don't know. I can totally see the logic in it is maybe the move for the Raptors at the deadline here is you trade OGN and OB to maximize the return you're going to get. You're going to get... He's at the absolute peak of his value. He's the most valuable player the Raptors have to potentially trade. They're not going to go trade Pascal, so that's why I say OG is that guy. And in theory, that Fred, Gary, Scotty, Pascal, Precious look has a little bit more sort of role definement, a little bit more just sort of geometric sense to it in terms of how it looks on the floor. Um, and, you know, the numbers, are there's not enough possessions to even have any sort of read on what the lineup's going to be. You know, they've gotten trucked in their very small amount of minutes, but uh, I think that lineup makes sense in theory on paper. And maybe if your thought is, okay, well, you trade OG for, you know, a first-round pick or two, and then, you know, a small a young prospect or a promising young player, whatever it might be, the roster kind of balances itself that way. You have your own first round pick, which is at this rate going to be very good, like top 10 pick probably, um, even if they, which I don't think they should. I don't think they should just shut everybody down and just try to tank out the rest of the season. I do think there's value in trying and development and not just pissing away a season. Uh, And they might be able to do both and still be in the range where you can get lucky and move up in the lottery. That's fun too. Or just pick ninth. That's fine as well. Um, you know, you add that pick in, you add whatever pick you might get for OG into the mix, you add whatever players you might get for OG, and maybe all of a sudden the roster's looking a little bit deeper, a little bit more balanced for the future, obviously lesser defensively because OG himself is an incredible defensive player, but maybe the sort of some of its parts situation starts to, you know, tilt a little bit from what it's been this year where all this talent has not combined into a team that's sort of matches that talent on paper maybe the theory here you move og you bring in some more balancing you know pieces not necessarily just trading for depth or whatever but like you sensibly balance the roster to have it make more sense on the floor make the fit make make more sense make it so there's less competition for touches and it, it feels like there's less of a sort of tension there on the floor Maybe that makes Gary Trent Jr. a guy who's eager to resign because he sees a clear path to 20 shots a game, whatever it might be. Maybe that's the move. And I think getting a look at that Fred, Gary, Scotty, Pascal, Precious look is at least, um, you know, it's not great to have injured players, of course. But if you're looking for some silver linings, this is some information that can be gathered to maybe help in what that decision is going to be. It's probably not going to be a massive sample of information to, you know, maybe you're not pulling anything from it, but anything helps as you're trying to make decisions about a team this confusing and it's just i'm interested i'm i'm, I'm intrigued it's some hmm, it's nothing big it's nothing declarative or anything like that but um it's uh we'll see if og can get back if not i would like to see and even if og's back i'd like to see that lineup get a little bit more time because i think it makes sense anyway 
We're going to round it there. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with Vivek Jacob. We're going to play a round of What's More Likely, everyone's favorite Locked On Raptors parlor game. Uh, Katie Hine will be back on Wednesday. Jamar Hines will be around on Thursday to break down the Kings game. And the deadline, just a couple of weeks away. We'll have you covered all the way in the lead up to that as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs as the Buds lost a tough one over the weekend to the Habs, but are still very, very good. And Mike and Dave are doing a great job detailing the Buds all season long, each and every day over on their on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, do the thing. Support this show. Go send that email to LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. It's your last day to do it. If you want to win two tickets to the Rivoli on February the 7th to watch the Raptors Republic crew, yours truly, other special guests, do a whole bunch of panels in the lead-up to the deadline. It's going to be a blast. Come hang out. But you don't have to buy tickets if you win this draw. So, again, email LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. Screenshot. Uh, just proof that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and send me a note on your favorite deep-cut Raptor of all time. You do that. You'll be in the draw. I will pull a winner in tomorrow's podcast. All right, we're going to round it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you Tuesday. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.